Shalom everyone. Jake Sullivan of the National Security Council is visiting the Israeli War Cabinet today along with the Palestinian leader. The IDF war in Gaza has now intensified. Terrorists in the West Bank city of Jenin have been killed. Open combat on the northern border with Lebanon. The Hutu rebels have begun attacking a bunch of ships in the Aden Strait and the U.S. refuses to fight back against Iranian attacks. Messianic World Update begins now. Shalom everyone, I'm Monty Jude with Lion and Lamb Ministries. Welcome to Messianic World Update. This week, Jake Sullivan, the National Security Council advisor, has made his way to Israel following Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State. He's come over and met with the Israeli War Cabinet and to discuss with them U.S. recommendations on how Israel should be fighting the war with the Hamas terrorists. He's also planning on going and seeing Mahmoud Abbas, the Palestinian leader, as well as other nations in the region. The U.S., and this is the message that Jake Sullivan is taking to Israel, they don't want the IDF to crank up the intensity of the war. They want it to kind of slow the war down and allow more aid to come in for the Palestinians. Now, mind you, the aid that has been coming in for the Palestinians, <laughs> for some reason, it's not making it to the Palestinians. It's making it into the hands of Hamas terrorists. And that's been confirmed by Israel, and yet the U.S. wants to continue to do that. They also want, in particular, what they call the day-after policy. The day-after policy says, well, Israel is going to complete this task against Hamas, but what happens to the Palestinian territories? What happens to Gaza afterwards? And, of course, the U.S. has all different kinds of ideas about how that should be administered. Israel themselves have said they don't want to occupy it. The U.S. is saying they don't want Israel to occupy it. No other nation seems to be willing to come in. Maybe the U.S. is going to try to put together a U.N. force that comes in to helps with it. But it's almost an impossible situation. And the reason is because while the U.S. wants a two-state solution where there'd be a Palestinian state and a state of Israel and the two people dwell together, so to speak, that's just not possible. And the reason is because the Palestinian position is so opposed to Israel, they want Israel eliminated. How do you form an agreement with the people who want to eliminate the other party? You, you can't. But President Biden, following in the footsteps of President Obama and the advisors in those two administrations, thinks that a two-state solution is the only solution there is. It's not. It really isn't the only solution, but it's the only one that they're willing to consider. Because of Netanyahu's position, and let me go ahead and tell you what his position is on the two-state solution. He's stated it many times. He has no problem with the Palestinians governing themselves, and they should have all the powers to govern themselves as a people. But he does not believe they should be permitted to have any kind of an army so that they can further attack Israel. That's Netanyahu's position. Well, let me go ahead and recount for you what the Palestinian position is. They want a nation in which they can arm themselves and they can invite other armies to come into their territory to join with them 
And the bottom line is they don't want any Jews whatsoever to be living in any of the Palestinian areas. And that brings into question the Jewish settlements in the Sumerian and Judean mountains. There are now estimated to be 700,000 Jews living in those settlements in that area. And of course, the Palestinian position is they all have to be removed. So Israel is staring into an impossible situation of being able to agree to that. Palestinians are not willing to budge, and yet President Joe Biden thinks that's the solution. Well, actually, he thinks the real solution that needs to take place right now is to get rid of the Netanyahu government. Uh, that's to get rid of the right-wing government. He wants certain ministers that are in the Netanyahu government to be kicked out and moved out, reestablish a new government, and he wants all the settlements to be pulled out of the West Bank area. I would remind the president that he's the president of the United States. He's not the president of Israel. He doesn't get to say how Israel will self-determine their country and what they do. And I'm reminded of the old expression that Yeshua said, you know, before you get concerned about the splinter in the other guy's eye, maybe you should take care of the beam that's in yours. President Biden has more than sufficient number of problems in this country he needs to take care of, but he thinks he has plenty of time to go over and tell Israel how to run their business rather than take care of the business that's needed here. Typical position for a liberal, he thinks, you know, the rules don't apply him, but he wants to put the rules on other people. The IDF has been very consistent about this. They need months, not weeks, to carry out the campaign to remove Hamas from the Gaza area and to take out the Hamas leadership. The president and Jake Sullivan and so forth, they're trying to suggest that there's not enough support for Israel to do that, that they need to figure out how to wind this whole thing down in the next few weeks. Now, at the same time, they're saying the U.S. position is full backing for Israel, and yet at the same time, they're carrying on this PR campaign that, that they're kind of in favor of ceasefire, they're kind of in favor of maintaining the status quo. Let's go back to where we were before October 7th. And Israel is not going to accept that position, and Israel has been very emphatic with the leadership of the United States, with each representative, whether it be Secretary of State or Jake Sullivan, stating the Israeli position, our job right now is we're going after Hamas. We do not have time to sit around and discuss a two-state solution. So Israel is now saying to the U.S. administration, would you stop bringing up the two-state solution? We are nowhere near ready to discuss such a thing or come to terms on it, and you're not going to force us into a future agreement on how we deal with Hamas at the present time. I applaud the government of Israel sticking to their guns, excuse the pun, and being able to deal with the real problem they have faced, and that's the Hamas terrorists. The idea of fighting in Gaza, though, has intensified. Israel is smart enough to know that they've got to get this problem solved as quickly as possible. So they have intensified the fighting going into Gaza, going after where the terrorists at, the strongholds, and so forth. The burden has now fallen heavily upon their soldiers going into the tunnels and eliminating those areas and occupying the ground and taking it away from Hamas terrorists. More than 110 IDF soldiers have now been killed in action, and there's a couple of ambushes that take place that are tragic that Hamas was successful in killing several soldiers. 
Israel at the moment is now flooding tunnels, and they don't want to talk about the success of it, but the reports are coming out. There is great success coming as a result of it. One, the flooding forces the terrorists out of those tunnels. It also short circuits all the electrical circuits that are down inside there, knocking the lights out of other areas of tunnels, so it has an impact on multiple tunnels when they do that. Furthermore, they also are using a method in which they go into certain tunnels and they know that they're being used. Once the IDF gets in there, they lay a few traps for the soldiers that come in, the Hamas terrorists that come in there, and they've been successful at carrying out their own ambushes of Hamas terrorists down in the tunnels themselves. As the leaders are being killed, and that is one of the major things IDF is targeting, the Hamas military leaders, as they're killed, the soldiers under their command are literally leaderless. They don't know what to do, and they're surrendering in various groups to the IDF at that point. So the number of surrenders being done by Hamas terrorists is up because of Israel's success in killing the various leaders. But let's talk about something that is of growing concern, and that is of the fate of the hostages. At the moment, Israel is doing a very good job of not flooding tunnels they think have hostages in them. And some of the hinting that is coming from Israel is that their intel on knowing where the hostages are at apparently has been improved. So they have enough intel that they feel free to flood certain tunnels because they don't believe the hostages will be there. On the flip side of that, there is growing concern because as the Israel is penetrating those areas, they're discovering more and more dead hostages. In fact, in this last week, several more hostages were discovered that are dead. And there's growing concern that the hostages are not in good shape. If they're not killed by the terrorists themselves, they're probably becoming sick and uh, malnourished. All of this is extremely dangerous to them. Obviously, the IDF wants to get them out of there as quickly as they can. They're trying to rescue hostages. There's been a couple of blunted attempts where Israel went in an attempt to rescue some hostages and were rebuffed by the Hamas terrorists. So they're working the problem. Israel is cooperating with the U.S. as much as they can on the information on the hostages and what's going on with them. The hopes is that more hostages will come out. Part of the reason we don't think that more hostage negotiations are underway is because Hamas has so mistreated the hostages that still remain that it would be a backlash in the PR war if somehow some of them were to be released and we were to discover what happened to them and what was happening to them. So it's in Hamas's best interest to not reveal the status of the hostages or trade for them for that matter. There's one suggestion that was made, apparently this is Qatar, you know, doing the negotiations. What if we release the hostages, would you allow the, the Hamas leaders to escape? You know, the Hamas leaders always looking for what's in their best interest. Israel just said they didn't think that was a real offer. So as every day goes on, there's more and more concern that we're going to discover more and more dead hostages as they clear out the Hamas terrorists. It's a terrible situation. In the West Bank city of Jenin, which is a hotbed of Palestinian terrorists, 
there have been more than 1,300 terror events in the West Bank. It's been a very active zone. A lot of those were rock-throwing incidents. There's been shootings. There's been attacks on civilians. And that's the reason why the IDF is going into the city of Jenin and trying to eliminate the leadership of the Hamas and Palestinian terrorist Islamic Jihad in those areas. This last week, several of them more were arrested, several more terrorists were killed. It's an ongoing battlefield in the West Bank. Up at the Lebanese border, Hezbollah has cranked up the fighting again, just as Hamas has. This last week, they launched an anti-tank rocket right into the home of some Israeli civilians. And there were several people that were injured from it. Instead of going after a military target, they decided to shoot a house with the missile. So that effort is increasing. Israel is attacking several Hezbollah sites that are along the border. The good news of the missiles and rockets been fired out of Lebanon into Israel, clearly one-fifth of them have fallen in Lebanon on existing Lebanon positions as opposed to reaching Israel. Down in the Straits of Aden, this is the bottom of the Red Sea going into the Indian Ocean, the Hutu rebels there in Yemen have now upped the attack, and they're attacking all civilian ships that are going through the area, particularly any ships they believe are en route to Israel itself. The U.S. is attempting to organize an international flotilla of ships from many nations to come in and protect the sea travel that's going through that region. Even other nations' ships have shot down drones and other missiles that have been flying in that area. Some civilian ships have been struck by the Hutu rebels. It is cranking up. It's an ever-increasing warfare element. Now, what's interesting is Iran, upon hearing that the U.S. is organizing an international flotilla to protect those ships, has now warned that any ships coming in there, that they are going to be subject to more hostility that will follow. And they claim that Iran controls that part of the ocean and the sea, and anybody invading in their area of control of the ocean would be suffering consequences from it. The U.S. strategy in dealing with Iran, and this one in particular, the Hutu rebels and what they're doing to international shipping, the U.S. strategy is they don't have one. The U.S. cannot figure out what to do with Iran. They cannot figure out how that shooting down the arrow that is launched at you is not as effective as shooting down the guy holding the bow that is shooting the arrow at you. If you shoot the bow down and the guy holding the bow, you stop all of the arrows from flying and you prevent other arrows from flying. But the U.S. can't seem to figure out that would be an effective strategy in dealing with Iran. So as a result, there's continuing attacks on U.S. forces in Syria and in Iraq. And now Hutu rebels are now launching attacks on international shipping in the Aden Straits. It just continues to expand. The official U.S. position is they don't want to see the war expand and turn into a regional war. Well, as I've shared with you before, we already have a regional war. It's already underway. It's just Everybody's kind of holding back a little bit. But if the U.S. were to actually weigh in, it would tip the scales and push Iran back, which is what is needed to solve this entire problem. But apparently, Joe Biden doesn't believe in solving the problem. 
and his defense minister is right there with him. I've never seen U.S. military power so misused in all of my lifetime, and I've studied world history about U.S. involvement in previous world wars. I've never seen anything that rises to the level of incompetence that we are facing right now with this country. Many members of Congress are agreeing with me, demanding that the president do more about it, but that is what is adding to the consternation and further endangering Israel in the war that they're presently involved with. The U.S. just cannot figure out what they need to do. In closing, I want to share with you that this last week, a Turkish lawmaker in the Turkish government made a speech about Israel. Of course, he was in support of the Hamas terrorists. Turkish government is in support of Hamas. And he basically said that in his speech, his name was Hassan Bemetz, and he said, Israel will not escape the wrath of Allah. Very bold statement made right in a public setting. Apparently, right after saying that, he suffered a heart attack. And the report now is he's died. Apparently, somebody didn't escape the wrath of Allah. Only we all know there is no Allah. There is a God of Israel. And it appears the God of Israel weighed in on that speech. So that's your latest news on what's going on in the Middle East. Continue to pray for Israel, pray for the hostages, and pray for our country, that we would have some kind of leadership that would have a moral compass involved with it and could tell the difference between right and wrong. That would be very helpful to the rest of the world and to Israel. Shabbat Shalom to all of you.